Well, hello, hello, and welcome to the Craig and Tony show. Well, look there. Yeah, we we added you. <laughs> added me. Yeah. yeah. Officially, I, I guess our, our official name, according to Apple, is Craig's podcast. You know, it's 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 um, Craig's weekly podcast. Actually, weekly. it's Raymond Bible Church weekly broadcast podcast with Craig Debbie Hagen. We got a lot of names. Yeah, a lot of names. But um, today is actually a monumental show. You know why? I, I, I guess not. In fact, you, you didn't bring any candles or cake or anything like that? No, I didn't. No, this is our 10th podcast. Oh, this is something to celebrate. So, so it's like our 10th anniversary. 10th anniversary. Yeah. So you're, our 10th podcast that we're doing today. Yeah, well, you can kiss me off air. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should strike that from the podcast. <laughs> No, that's okay. No, that's we'll, we'll leave it. We'll leave it. Don't don't edit it. You know that that's just our personality. That's our personality. Our personality. People yeah. understand that they want them. You know, and we are straight. Yeah, we are. Yeah. <laughs> we are straight individuals. We we don't kiss on on the podcast, off the, or podcast. Off the podcast. Yeah, but if anyway, it is good to hear from from our viewers. Um, I got a number of emails this week, and if you want to email me, it's chagin c h a g i n at rhema, R-H-E-M-A dot org. You know, and I know a number of viewers have put in some, um, some not any questions. No, nobody asked any questions yet. I guess they don't really care. But, but they have, you know, put some names. Where we, we are so informative. Oh, we're so informative. That's I, I guess we're giving them all the information yeah, they yeah, need. Yeah, we answering all their questions. Answering all their questions. But, but we would like, if, if you guys have some questions, we would, you know, enjoy to, to you, know, have, you know, give us some questions and maybe some things you would like to see us talk about on the podcast. But, you know, we have been asking for a name. You know, I wanted a really catchy name, you know, more catchy than my own name. But I did find out the most popular podcasts are usually some guy's name. Or, mm. You know, like the Dan Bongino show. Dan, uh, uh, everybody you know, loves Dan Bongino. You know, and I mean, and, and I noticed a lot of podcasts don't use the word podcast. They use the word show. Show. And, you know, because it's a show. I've always wanted to be on a show. You always want to be on the show, yeah. you know, so you can tap dance or yeah, something like that. Yeah, tap dance, yeah. So, so um, you, you know, um, but... We are in our 10th program, uh, and I have found out, though, in order to get national rankings, that you need to go to one of the national podcast sites like iTunes or the, the if you have an iPhone, there's actually a podcast app, which leads you to iTunes, Great. Spotify, Podbean, Podbean. Which, is, which is, you know, I know that's your favorite. You no, like, that's like, kind of new to me, but I like the name. Know, never heard of Podbean before, <laughs> actually, until we started doing podcasts. Or you can actually go to our Libsyn network, which I, I put up on, on, um, on Facebook. And so if you go to Raymond Bible Church, Kenneth Hagin Ministries, or, or one of our Facebook sites, uh, we, we put our new episode up. Uh, right now, I'm, I'm actually releasing episodes on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, as, of the, as of this broadcast, um, we, we were releasing both episodes on Friday, but now we're going to try to do two a week and do them separately, Space not at the same time. Space out a little bit. And you know, and and thank you guys that are listening to the podcast. And really, the, the podcast is also available on our own network. Um, if you go to rama.org um, slash podcast, you can get it there, or on the Rama USA app. It's easy on your mobile phone. Rama easy on USA phone. app is easy. Yeah. yeah. Well, today we have another great um, guest with us. Today, um, we have with us Grady Pickett. Now, Grady actually right now resides in Iraq. Um, he's a missionary over there, 
Welcome to the show, Grady. Yeah, hi, Craig. Thanks, to, and good to be here. Thank you. Yeah, well, we're so glad to have you. I, I noticed um, on Sunday you, you guys were back in town, and I talked to Tony and, you know, about you know, someone's interview, and, and I said, you know, Grady would be a good person to interview. Obviously, I don't know too many people who live in Iraq. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's true. There's not too many Americans want to live there yeah. on purpose. Yeah. yeah, on purpose, especially. Yeah, right. I mean, I guess I do know some military personnel who, who might reside in Iraq. Yeah, um, but yeah. but but not too many missionaries reside mm-hmm. in Iraq. You know, mm-hmm. and have their whole family. True. Yeah, now, now tell us how many kids you have. We have six children. So you have you, your wife, and chick, six children. Yeah. live in one of the most dangerous areas of the world. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and how is that? Well, it's uh, where we live. It's kind of like an island and we're of safety. I like to describe it that way. Uh, and we're surrounded by a lot of just chaos and war all around us. But for some reason, this city that we live in, this little area in northern Iraq, it's okay. Now, we do see strange things. You know, Iranian missiles flying over the house, trying to hit our airport just two miles away. Uh, assassinations, car bombs once in a while. But, you know... But you got your own little Goshen. We do. We do. And like statistically, there's cities in America that are probably more dangerous than where we live. Especially in 2020. That's yeah. for sure. You mean like Chicago? Yes. So, <laughs> exactly. So, so, so you're yeah. telling me yeah. it's safer to live in northern Iraq than in inner you know, city of Chicago? Yeah, in a weird sort of way, it kind of is. Or Portland. You know, it's a different yeah. kind of violence, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, well Grady, um, you know, Tell us like mm-hmm. your Rama story, how, how you found out about Rama, and how you ended up coming to Rama Bible Training College. Right. Wow. If we go way back to like 1979, I'm like four or five years old, charismatic renewal time. My dad was excited for the Lord, and he took the whole family to Anaheim, California. <clears throat> uh, we all went to Disneyland, but there was a meeting out there, and Brother Hagen spoke. And yeah. ever since then, I've had this just soft spot in my heart for Brother Hagen. And I was one of those little kids running up and down the aisles during the service. But now and then I'd listen. You know what's weird? I was telling this story a couple of years ago. And we know Joe Hernandez, right? Joe yeah. Hernandez was like, dude, I was there at that meeting. And he was probably like nine years old. But seeds were planted in me way back then. Wow. Yeah. But then. Um, I, I was there too. Were you really? Yeah. I, I actually, one of the things that I was doing at the meeting to try to keep me, you know, Doing something because yeah. Greg would have yeah. been ten years old. Yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah. You know, I was about about ten years old. And um, is it you know obviously we at the time we had well we used tapes and yeah. so we would duplicate tapes. Yeah. And so we had these machines and then we had these stamps with different different speakers in the in the times because um, that meeting we had Brother Hagen I believe um, probably John Osteen maybe Kenneth Copeland and, yeah. and a number of other things. And so my job was to put stamps, you know, rubber stamps, you know, the name mm-hmm. and, and, and PM or AM um, or, you know, and, and so mm-hmm. I was actually helping doing tape duplication at 10 years old. Wow. Know, because that's what you do when you're in the ministry. <laughs> right. Exactly. But, but anyway, so so here you are, 1979, yeah. Anaheim, California, Brother Hagen's meeting. And, and how did that turn into coming to Ramah? Well, you know, life goes on and we, you know, we lived in Colorado Springs. My parents didn't, you know, for a while, my parents didn't go to church. Um, but my mom would always drop me off. I would have her drop me off at church downtown. Mm. So my whole youth, I was, I had my mom drop me off at church, but then joined the Marine Corps and 
you know, I was just the kind of kid that kept getting in trouble. Once a year, I'd get you know, brought home in a police car <laughs> for doing something dumb. And then that kind of continued in the, into the Marine Corps also. And one time I was in a heap of trouble. I was like, dear God, I'm in trouble again. So you weren't the model Marine. No, I wasn't. And uh, God spoke to my heart for the first time, sitting in my truck. And he's like, well, what have you ever done for me? And it was one of those points in life where you kind of like realized, like an epiphany, I have really been selfish my whole life. Wow. I've always even just come to church just to take and never to like give back. So, so you didn't meet warm and fuzzy Jesus right off the bat. No. Okay. No. But uh, there was a guy in my platoon, Sergeant Cool, and good testimony, that's family a, that's man. A cool name. Sergeant yeah. Cool. Sergeant Cool. And he invited me to his church, and it was an independent fundamentalist Baptist church. And I went there, and I fell in love with it. I saw people preaching the Word of God for the first time. I remember picking up a Bible of one of the kids that left. Um, they forgot it at church, opened it up, and it was all highlighted. I was like, these kids actually read their Bibles. So I stuck around and became part of that church for a couple years, and that's where really where I started to grow. Foundation. Read the Bible for the first time, cover to cover. That was another milestone. And then, um, you know, learn to serve God, give up my weekends on the bus ministry, um, getting kids, visiting kids on Saturdays, bringing them in on Sundays, soul winning, giving out Bible tracks and the radio ministry. They had a radio ministry, too. Wow. So got involved for a couple of years there. And then I just at a revival meeting, I heard the call to be a missionary. And he said, a call is a call to prepare. So I went off to this Baptist Bible college and it was like being back in the Marine Corps. I mean, you like I felt like I was being marched around and. It was weird, and I didn't like it. <laughs> so, lasted one year there. Went to another, Bapt another Baptist Bible college for two years. Went through the whole Bible verse by verse. Outlined the whole thing. But I always had this Pentecostal grandma. And she was like, Grady, there is more than what they are telling you. Oh, praise the Lord. I was like, ah, grandma, no, no, no. But during that Bible college, I lived in a homeless shelter as, as the chaplain. That was one of my jobs. Wow. So every day it's ministry, cutting hair, cooking food, mopping floors, preaching, little little chapel services, counseling with these crazy people who are coming in every day with all kinds of issues and problems. So good ministry time, you know, good yeah. place to cut your teeth on ministry. Oh, yeah. But there was just something missing because every time like that government check would come in, these guys would all disappear and go get drunk for the weekend and come back to the homeless shelter all, uh, you know, discouraged and everyone's discouraged. Even the, you know, us little ministers were discouraged. Like, ah. So I got this book on spiritual warfare. And also at this time, I started on the radio in West Virginia, where I was. Brother Hagen would come on in the morning. And he started answering all my questions. And then it was Daryl Huffman who would come on after him. And he was answering all my questions that my Baptist friends just didn't know about. God bless them. But they just didn't know about being led by the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, healing, deliverance, all that great stuff that... You know, we have in our Pentecostal distinctives. So my theology was being challenged. And we get this guy, this big guy in the homeless shelter named Chester. He's like, Brother Grady, I think I've got devils. I'm like, Chester, tell me about it. He's like, well, I've got these two people in my head, Michael and the witch doctor. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Chester, yeah, sounds like you've got devils. Well, uh, well I'm going to get prayed up and we'll take care of it tonight. So I just read a book on how to cast out devils. And it's funny that there is actual books out there like that. Um, and even like Lester Sumrall had a book 
I think it was titled How to Cast Out Demons. The instruction manual. Yeah. <clears throat> I'd read it. I'd, I think I'd robbed it off my grandma's bookshelf, my Pentecostal grandma's bookshelf. So that night we just like made sure, you know, Chester was born again. And we said, Chester, repeat after me. And he repeated we, like a quick lesson on using your authority. And then I came in afterwards and I was like, you know, boldly cast those devils out, told them to shut up and leave. And for the first time in like 10 years, the guy had peace and quiet in his mind. I was like, wow, it really worked. So to make a long story short, I got kicked out of that Bible college. I told them my theology has changed. I do believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And they were like, you got to get out of here. I got the boot and I was feeling terrible, man. I was like, oh, I lost my They were like family to me. Yeah. So I got in my pickup truck. Oh, I had, at that same time, I had also sent off to Rama to, because uh, when I was 13 years old, my grandma showed me this pamphlet from Rama Bible College. And I'm like, I'll never leave Colorado. I love snowboarding, mountain biking, all that stuff. I'll never leave Colorado. Well, I did. But now I'm like, where do I go now? And I was just felt like Brother, Brother Hagen was advertising the Bible College. So I called up Rama. I said, hey, can you send me one of those? Rama Bible College packages, information packages, and uh, but make it discreet. I don't want anybody to know. <laughs> so they sent it in this Manila envelope and uh, put the put the, v, uh, the VHS tape in into the little recorder. And it was Tony Cook talking. Man, he looked like he was 15 years old, but he was like the dean of the school. <laughs> I was like, man, I want to go there. So I so. I had this application and I had to bring it in. I had to like, I hand delivered it. Deadline was coming. And, uh, at that time I had Bible verses written all over my truck. I was, I mean, I love Jesus. We would want to tell everyone about Jesus. And that's a good way to like separate the sheep from the goats. You know, you're either getting the finger from somebody or you're getting a big wave <laughs> from somebody else. So <laughs> it was, it was interesting how people reacted. But I drove out to Oklahoma, and this was funny. This had to be God, because every toll booth we went through, like, had a supermodel working the toll booths. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my goodness. Women in, in Oklahoma are beautiful. Yeah. For those of you not from Oklahoma, we have a lot of toll booths in Oklahoma. We do. Turnpikes. It's, it's, it's turnpikes. Um, but, but now we have what we call Pike Pass, but yeah. we don't see the supermodel toll booth workers. <laughs> right, right. Well, so that was, you know, that was... Uh, what was that? That was 1999 or, or 2000. But the funny thing is, is like ever since then, every time I've gone through a, a toll booth, I have not seen those supermodels. So yeah, I was going to mention I've never <laughs> seen one either. I'm like, Lord, maybe I think they're... God knew how to get me to Oklahoma. Yeah. I, I was maybe, single. Maybe a few Chesters there. Yeah, Chester. <laughs> yeah, I think Chester works with toll booths. Yeah. But, but not supermodels. Yeah. No maybe with their mother. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's funny how God gets us here motivations but so here we are rolling to rama i got accepted and uh, got kicked out of west virginia at the bible college on the way out feeling terrible i was felt like elijah running from jezebel jezebel's like i'm gonna have your head this time next week and i felt like the pastor's wife was like i'm gonna have your head if you don't get out of here by tomorrow <laughs> and i'm like sitting at this truck stop just kind of crying, smelled like piss from the truckers. <laughs> I'm sitting on the curb, 
just kind of weeping because my truck would overheat. I just rebuilt the engine because I wrecked it that, that winter. And uh, so every 100 miles, I have to stop, put the hood up. Yeah, the wrong Bible verse. Let it cool here. down. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm kind of just feeling terrible sitting on the curb behind my truck door. And this truck driver comes over and says, hey, you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. He leaves. He comes back. He gives me a, 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 a Mountain Dew and a bag of chips. I'm like, wow, it's just like Elijah sitting under the bush. The angel comes and gives him cake and says, eat. The journey is too great for you. I'm like, wow. And as I'm coming down, God's like, you know what? I've got a whole new set of friends and family for you. Amen. Don't worry about it. I got to maybe, you know, it should have been a 12 hour trip, but it turned into a 24 hour, you know, drive because of having to let my truck cool down the whole way. The next morning, I'm at another truck stop. Hoods up. Another person comes up, gives me a Pepsi and a bag of chips. And God speaks to my heart. He's like, take and eat. The journey's too great for you. I was like, wow, this is weird, but this is awesome. So, and then I finally get to Broken Arrow. I check into the hotel, and the lady like orders me a pizza. I'm like, wow, this is great. So, sure enough, God on, did on the house, the hotel on the house. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's like God was taking care of me. Wow. So, but I felt like God had said, you could stay in West Virginia. You can stay where you're at or you can move on. There's a lot more to, to learn. And I was like, God, I want everything. I want to know everything you've got. And if I'm going to be a missionary, I need these tools. And Ramah seemed like the right place. And I came here, kind of found my tribe. It's good. You know, if, if you get rejected from one tribe, you go find, find your tribe. Associate you know, you, you make a really good point, but you know, because at this time, you obviously were a really good Christian. You had Bible verses on, mm-hmm. your, on your truck. Yeah. You, you know, like painted you, in white shoe polish. Yeah, I don't have Bible the verses on my truck. I mean, obviously, <laughs> you know, you're working at a homeless shelter. You, yeah. you were doing all of the Christian things, mm-hmm. but there was just something missing on the inside. Yeah. You know, maybe there's one of our listeners out there that kind of like Grady, you know, man, I, I'm working for God, but I just feel there's something missing, something that's that's not right, you know, kind of like. My grandfather used to say, you know, you know, taking a bath with your socks on, yeah. you know, not feeling right. You know, maybe you should consider taking two years out of your life to come to Rama Bible Training College. You know, whether you feel called to the ministry or just you know, want to learn more about the, about the word. You know, I encourage you to go to rbtc.org and, you know, you, you can see all kinds of stuff there. You can fill out a, a form and, and we'll send you some material, not a VHS tape, yeah. um, you know, but, but you know, <laughs> we'll send you some material. Um, or you can actually sign up for our one of our college weekends coming up April 9th, 10th, and 11th. April 9th, 10th, and 11th. Or if you just want to come out to Broken Arrow, Tulsa area, Oklahoma, um, you can just learn more, you know, see the campus because you can start school actually in January. Yes. Um, for a long time, we only started, you know, you could, you had to start in September, but now you can start in January. So, you know, no matter who you are, no matter how old you, how old were you, Grady, whenever you actually came to Rama? Mm, I think I was about 25. About 25. See, mm-hmm. so we've had a couple of people who was 26. Grady was 25 years of age because some people think, well, you know, if I'm not 18 or 19, if I'm not, I'm not like so-called college age, then I, you know, I can't come to Rama, but but, you know, we've had Rainbow students in their 70s. Yeah. yeah. You know, and. But we had one when I was in school. Miss May was in her 80s. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you know, so it's yeah. never too late to come mm-hmm. to Rainbow, never too late to learn more uh, about the Bible. So so here you are at Rainbow. You got some new friends. Yeah. Um, and, and, and 
you know, like you said, you, you, you felt right at home, correct? I did. I, well, I still had some of my Baptist things on <laughs> me. And God was like, you're going to have to lighten up a little bit. I mean, this was like rock and roll church, it felt like. Mm. I was coming from very traditional piano and hymns only. Yeah. I remember, like, you know, we were King James only, too. At orientation. Well, I mean, it's good enough for Paul. Right. You know. well, yeah. and, and Doug Jones. I mean, <laughs> and Doug pa- Jones. Paul and Doug Jones. Paul and Doug Jones, yeah. I mean, I hate to say it. When I, at orientation, I got the one-year Bible, and it was an NIV. I put it in the trash. So, <laughs> yeah. forgive me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, maybe you should have put some NIV on your truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wish you'd do that now. But actually, one of the reasons is it wasn't available in the King James, or maybe it was only mm-hmm. King James, and, it, and a lot of people yeah. had trouble with the the old King James. Mm-hmm. You know, but once the new King James came out, yeah. we started reading the new King James version of, of the mm-hmm. one-year Bible. Okay. It's cool. a great plan, actually, for, for you that have never read the Bible through in a, in a whole year. Oh, yeah. You know, the one-year Bible, it makes it easy, breaks yeah. things down, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, this helps you you know, read the Bible through in a year. And I, and I actually encourage each and every one of you, you know, at least one, one time in your life, if not multiple times, yeah. you know, read the, read the Absolutely. Bible through. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. even the Old Testament, you know, you, you can get a blessing from the Old Testament. You can get a blessing from the Old Testament. And maybe a few laughs, too, <laughs> as well. Yeah. Especially if, you know, what we had did as our family, we would all read the Bible together every morning, mm-hmm. you know, and we would take turns reading um, different different verses different you know what you know sometimes new testament sometimes old testament or, or whatever but you know it is kind of interesting to read song of solomon with your family <laughs> yeah wow. and, and, and some of those verses that, mm-hmm. that and you know i think one time i it was my turn to read i had to read some of the things you Ooh. know as, as a 10 year old kid yeah. it was kind of embarrassing to read some of those things so but you know. <laughs> yeah that was a huge milestone in my life reading the one-year bible for the first time in the marine corps that's how that would help me do it wow. yeah and man my, the whole direction of my life changed in a better direction yeah having and, read the bible and, and so you know once you mm-hmm. back let's go back to the marine corps days yeah. so you said you weren't one of the few, the proud. You were probably one, one, one of the barely make it, um, you know, one of the guys that they don't want to put on the commercials. Yeah. But after you turn your life over to God and begin to read the Bible, yeah. did you turn into the few, the proud, the, the model Marine? I still, <clears throat> I just realized this is not what I wanted to do yeah. for the rest of my life. I was not going to be a career guy. I, I had a calling on my life now. I think I, I definitely started making better decisions and got in less trouble. The trouble I was getting in was different because now I'm walking around the barracks every Friday and Saturday night, witnessing to guys, handing out Bible tracts, and I bought a big Suburban just to bring Marines to church. So, hmm. All right, so let's fast forward yeah. your Raymond experience. Um, um, when did you meet your wife? Oh, yeah. So after Raymond, I was like, God, what do I do and where do I go? So, you know, we took some backpacking trips around the world, but it was after Raymond and a season of prayer where I felt like God said to go do three things. Number one, a big backpacking trip around the world. Number two, start learning Arabic. Number three, go to Iraq. And I was still single. So I sold everything I had, lived across the street from here, here on near Rama over on Narcissus, had a garage sale. I know exactly where you used to live. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, we called Rama Ghetto. That's right. Man, uh, good times though. Took off with my backpack and for the next seven months, backpacked across Europe. It was. Sticking to the grounds, living in youth hostels, having conversations about Jesus every, everywhere, everywhere I went. Seven months, went through 28 countries, and man, I was getting lonely. All the other backpackers had their backpacking girlfriends. 
And uh, I was alone. I did have a Raymond buddy backpacked with me for, for one month, but he had to come back for his second year. And then I was on my own. And uh, man, just lonely. But having adventures, getting robbed like Paul in Turkey and <laughs> twice. <laughs> but when I got to Cairo, Egypt around month six, it was in this dingy internet cafe and cafe and I under in this back alley of Egypt. And I get this email from this girl said she went to Rama. She's been receiving my email updates. Uh, she's getting forwarded by a mutual friend named Melissa Vicente. And she'd been praying for me. She said she'd been a missionary girl in Africa for three years and Thailand for a year. And I knew from that first email that was probably my wife. So I wrote her back. And, um, that's how our conversation started. So I felt like later on, the Lord said, come home, end your journey. I was in Amman, Jordan, or almost Christmas time around this time. This was 2004. I felt like the Lord said, end your backpacking journey, come home, be with your family for Christmas, and then go meet Becky out in Oklahoma. She was here teaching in the public school for the year. So I did that. Drove out here, met her and just knew. So proposed nine days later, we got married about three months later, <laughs> nine months later, we moved back to Amman, Jordan. We studied Arabic for two years and started our family out there. Our first wow. two kids were born in Amman, Jordan. Wow. Wow. It, it, it takes a, a special woman yeah. th that would, first of all, put up with you. Yeah. Um, Amen. <laughs> yeah. So secondly, you know, just to take off to, to go to Jordan and then later on to go to Iraq and, yeah. and other other countries that you've. Right. ministered to um and and you know it takes a special woman and, and you know and it is interesting how you said that how she was brought up I mean you know she spent time yeah. you know different places you know God has a person for you yes you know and and if if we'll if we'll keep being diligent he has somebody and, you know yes. I mean here you are you're halfway across the world mm -hmm. and you get an email yeah you know now this email is also from a Rayma graduate. Yeah, you know who I, I guess you did not know at the time. Have you ever had met Becky? Before? No, never. You know, and the, you know, so so you know what you know. One thing that we can do is we can always pray and ask the Lord to, to you know to help find us a wife or, or or a husband. Yeah, you know, maybe someone you never met is out there praying for you. Yeah, and so it is interesting. Now, Grady, but before we even um, move forward, yeah. Um, if somebody wants to support you in your ministry, mm -hmm. you know, or find more information ab about what's going on, yeah. um, give them a website. And let, let them know where they can go. Yeah, they can go to faithfrontiers.org, and they can find our webpage, and all of our information is on there. Faithfrontiers. Faithfrontiers.org. Yes. And you can also, I, I know, I, I follow you on social media. Yeah. And, you know, very interesting things that yeah. you bring out sometimes. And, yeah. You know, and you're... You're on Instagram, mm -hmm. you, um, you're on Facebook, you're probably on Twitter as well. I, I don't really use Twitter a whole lot. Um, yeah. you know, but faithfrontiers.org. And I would encourage you to pray about um, supporting Grady and Becky you know, and the family as they're there in, in Iraq doing a wonderful thing. So, so let's move past Jordan. So, mm -hmm. so what's next? So it was the third step of obedience that God, the thing that God told me to do, which was go to Iraq. So this was around 2009. Now, you already learned Arabic, correct? Yeah, we learned Arabic, and we didn't know anybody in Iraq. The war was still going on. The only place Americans could go was uh, Kurdistan, North Iraq. We knew one YWAM kid and that we had studied Arabic with, um, young young man from, from Texas, and 
so we packed our bags and we went. And back- so, so let me stop you. Um, when you were in the Marines, were, were you ever in Iraq? Or was that, no. So, so, so no. there was no kind of no, never whatever, been there before. That just pulled you. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of, kind of served in Asia, Japan, Guam, yeah. Thailand. Yeah. So this is new territory. New territory. Yeah. For you guys. The Middle East. So here we are with two babies, my wife. We arrive in North Iraq. And uh, back then, they, you couldn't even leave the airport unless you, you had someone picking you up. So we did. And this young guy was sleeping on the floor, no refrigerator, just kind of camping out. And it was rough getting started there. Wow. No place to live. Everything was junk. Nothing had really been built for 30 years because it's just been constant war. Um, no heat in the winter. You know, you got a little kerosene heater. The kerosene stinks. Um, it was rough. But, you know, you just kind of have to have that grit and that backbone. And, you know, you've got the calling of God on you and you just kind of lean into the grace of God and you get through it. And uh, finally got a car. You know, God led us to the house that that we rented. And, uh, you know, it was just kind of God being led by the Holy Spirit the whole way ever since. And, and so at the time you, 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 you moved to Iraq. Um, yeah. Um, did you have a lot of support? I mean, you know, I mean, or just God just provided. Yeah. Um, well, we had a little bit. Yeah. We had some faithful supporters. Becky had already been a missionary for, you know, four years. Yeah. And uh, just, and then uh, we had rented a little travel trailer after we, not rented, we, we, we fixed one up. Okay. A little 1958 canned ham shaped uh, retro travel trailer and we towed that thing to all these churches every little church that would have us raised a little bit of support and uh, you know getting married and having kids uh, people like that too supporters like that yeah and um, so we raised some support you know that canned ham trailer coming through chicago one night came off the trailer hitch (laughs) and passed us going down the highway (laughs) so you got passed by your own trailer (laughs) we did oh man becky was driving and it had broken the chains and I had the wrong size trailer ball on it on the truck. <laughs> so it, that kind of brings a new meaning to break every chain. Break every yeah. Chain. <laughs> yeah. It broke free of the truck and everything. Yeah. You know, this is six lane highway Sunday night. And we're like, Oh Jesus, help us out. Becky's like, what do I do? So I said, follow it. So we followed that travel trailer going down the highway and like miraculously, it just slowly got over to the right lane and then the next right lane and then the shoulder. And then it gently like rubbed up against the, the wall, the cement wall, and just left a little six inch abrasion on the side abrasion. of the camper. That was it. Look, that, was a, wow. that should have been the spot for the next Bible verse. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, Tony, it, it is interesting to hear this story because we have pastors that actually have people come into their church. Yeah. Live in a, a home that has heat, electricity, and yeah. running water, and and they're complaining. You know, this is just too rough and too, too much, tough. Too much. Too much. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And, and here's Grady, with with two children, yeah. his mm-hmm. wife mm-hmm. moved to Iraq, knowing nobody except for for one young man. You know, no heat, no no electric. I mean, no heat, no. Um, I don't know if he had running water or not, but I mean, sleeping on the floor. Yeah. Um, you know. And, and he's like, man, this is awesome. Awesome. In the will of God. Almost yeah, and, found and, a new way to be homeless, though. But yeah, that's, yeah. That's yeah. interesting. You know, you know, and I think if more people would just stick it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, I, I know we all know my grandfather's story. He said that 
whenever he got married, he he had two nickels, yeah. and he, you know, he immediately bought my grandmother and himself a candy bar because he couldn't do that, do that for a nickel a yeah. piece, I guess. Wow. And so we started out with nothing, mm-hmm. because he says now we can say that everything that we've ever accomplished that, that God has provided, mm, yeah. Amen. you know, and God will provide. Yeah, He will. You know, and and it might not be every day, you know, it might not be every night, but in due season, God will provide. Well, and He said something, two things there a while ago. He said we just kept leaning into the grace. Mm-hmm. There's, there's grace. For every day. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, Miss Lynette talks about this sometimes. We're always trying to borrow from tomorrow's grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, each day there's grace. Yeah. So there's grace for what you do, but you said we had a call. Yeah. And so that that's we have to know that. That's a knowing. Yeah. I know what I'm called to do, mm-hmm. and so I lean into the grace. Yeah. That That's the answer right there. Amen. And so you persevere. You, yeah. you know, um, actually, Oral, Oral Roberts one time said that a Rhema graduate will – We'll set up a church on the outskirts of hell. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, he did say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and be all happy about it. Yeah. You know, and just as, you know, as, as happy as can be, yep. you know, where, where some, some people, they want to have a, a big, big base salary and all this kind of recognition. A package. A package yeah, deal. Give me a pack. What's the package? You, you know, but, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I believe that one way that we can get some of this grace is come to Raymond Bible Training College yeah. and, and where we train you to be a visionary, to go out and touch your world, yeah. you know, no matter what it might be. Whether you feel you're called to Iraq, to, to Afghanistan, to Africa, or to downtown Chicago. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't or, matter. Or Portland. Or Portland yeah. or Seattle sure. or, you know, I mean, you know, one of those. You, you realize we have some cities that are very liberal, yeah. and, and it's not really easy to pastor a good church there and we have some good churches in in the portland area in the seattle area some thriving churches some some very thriving churches they feel like they're in a foreign land but you know i mean maybe you need some direction in your life raymond bible training college rbtc.org is a great place to get some of that direction so here we are we're in iraq yeah you know we're moved there we're we're, we're, you know we're we're you know god's blessing you you know and and so so now you talked about you you, you, you leased the house. And so yeah. now talk about what, what's, what went on after that or what, what your ministry's doing. And right. Okay. Yeah. So we've been there 11 years now. It was this time 11 years ago, we showed up. It was Christmas time, 2009. And boy, we've done a lot of different things, a lot of different projects. We've, we, you know, we started a church. The church got stolen by another missionary kind of hijacked. So we started another so one. Just like you can steal election, you can steal a church. Huh? Yeah. You Pirate can. preachers. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah. Um, you know, we smuggle Bibles now. We're up to about 100,000 Bibles smuggled into a, a certain neighboring country to a, a church, an underground and persecuted church that's really um, suffering but thriving amazingly. So that's exciting to be a part of that. And, you know, we trained the first Christian militia. After that were chased out of their homes by ISIS. So some of those on Marine Corps skills came back into uh, use. Yeah, it does help that you're an ex-Marine. Yeah. You know, yeah. of course, I guess once Marine, always Marine. Yeah, former so, Marine. So right? you are a Marine, yeah. you know, living in Iraq, you know, so you do know how to handle a weapon. Yes, yeah. And, I'm a, and you do have some weapons, I know, because yeah. I've, 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 I've seen pictures. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. It's something I talk to the students here mm-hmm. in school about. And it, the same goes for Becky. Uh, your examples of it, and it's how once you say yes mm-hmm. to the call of God, it's amazing how everything that you've went through in life, God uses it. it it's formative for the call. Yeah, 
and there's so many aspects of what you've done God's using now for what he's called you to do. Yeah, amen. Yeah, yeah. even those old Marine skills yeah, came yeah. in handy, yeah. strangely. Uh, yeah, got questioned by the FBI on it. I mean, you know, they saw the Facebook pictures, and that was back when everyone, all the crazies, were trying to get to Iraq and Syria to join the caliphate with ISIS. So, yeah, this was like, Anthony Crowdell with the FBI here. I'm looking at your Facebook page. Can you explain what you're doing in Iraq? And I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. It's, you know, our life's an open book. We don't hide anything. So, uh, yeah, I had an interesting, a couple interesting conversations with him. But uh, we're still kind of red flagged. Every time we return to America, we get called into secondary questioning, uh-huh. customs and border control. A little bit annoying, but, uh, I mean, this time you're in there, you know, guys are handcuffed with their – and in this little room in the side, I'm in there with my six kids and my wife. And we're just like, yeah, this happens every time now. So, yeah. Wow. So, so let us know, I mean, yeah. what all your ministry is, is doing. Um, you okay. know, I, I know you, well, yeah. I'll, I'll let you explain it better sure, than me. Sure. So nowadays we have a church. We had three churches before COVID, um, we had a, a Pakistani church for the construction workers that are, the guys are building the new U S consulate, the world's largest U S consulate being mm. built just five minutes from our, uh, from our home. World's largest. That's yeah. In North Iraq and Erbil. And, uh, so we had a hundred Pakistani construction workers, Christians worshiping. I'd go out there to their construction site every week. Uh, we have a, an international church that, uh, We've got a mixture of everybody, uh, aid workers, other Christians from around the world, refugees, locals. Um, we just kind of fly under the radar. It's not totally legal, but we do it anyways. And uh, but we still we've got friends in government and they like us. So I'll, instead of friends in low places, you have friends in high places. Oh yeah, favor. It's nice to have yeah. favor and friends everywhere. Yeah. But um. And then we had we had, one, had another church at the U.S. consulate for the U.S. Uh, diplomats, but we've been locked out of all those. Even our church we've kind of been locked out because because of COVID and the lockdown. And but they were like, if anyone gets sick during your service, you're going to get fined a thousand dollars and you're going to pay for their medical bills. Oh wow! So, um, but now we've been in America for a couple months. Like we always do, about ten months in Iraq, two months in America, visit friends and family. And uh, so we're coming to the tail end of our American visit. Now, you're also feeding refugees, right? That's right. We've always fed refugees since the refugee crisis started and the war started in Syria. We, uh, yeah, we were, we were baking 700 loaves a day. Not wow. me personally, but we hired a, a bread bakery. And this guy would have 700 loaves of bread every day. And you guys and good people, Christians all over the world, like helped us do that. And then we transitioned to, to feeding the kindergarten Syrians children at the certain refugee camp we focus on. Um, but we've also been locked out of there. All the refugee camps have been locked down. Hmm. Couldn't leave. They didn't want people getting sick in there. And so. But, but you plan to continue when yeah. it, when, as soon as this COVID yeah. crisis right. ends. And that's one thing, too. We need to be, as Christians, yeah. coming against you know, the power from, from the enemy because yeah. he's trying to stop you know, the work that God wants to do. 
you know, through a disease and through, yeah. you know, because the Bible says that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's right. And, you know, and not only is, is he killing people, destroying people, he's also destroying our, our missions, our churches, mm-hmm. and, and different things, you know. But once again, um, Grady, give us your website once again. So, um, yeah, faithfrontiers.org. Faithfrontiers.org. And, and I, I do want, once again, want to encourage mm-hmm. you um, to, to partner up with, with, with um, Grady and Becky Pickett and, and, and their children as, as they're doing wonderful things in, in, in Iraq and, and other neighboring you know, communities that, that they can't all talk about. You know, because you know, we don't want to get somebody hurt. I mean, you know, there's a number of underground churches in the Middle East. Yeah. You know, and in fact, I, I know one person went and to preach, you know, and he was at an underground church and he asked the pastor, is there something I cannot talk about because, you know, you might get your, in trouble? He goes, no, if they come in, they're going to kill us all anyway. So talk about, you know, preach the word of God. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> you know, and he's yeah. like, he said it was kind of, kind of eye opening there. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, yeah, you can preach whatever you want to because, because we're, we're, we're already in trouble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. And so and I'm, I'm sure you've been in places like that, you know, and, and not only partner with them, but also be praying for them and their kids and their the safety, you know, and, and direction and being being led by the spirit of God, especially now during this time. Also, if, you know, may, maybe 2020 hasn't been the best year ever, like has been from for myself and Tony. It's been our best year ever. Yes, sir. Um, but um you know, maybe it hasn't been your best year ever. Maybe you've lost your job. Maybe you lost your passion. Maybe you've lost your joy. You know, a good place to find it once again is Raymond Bible Training College. Mm-hmm. And I encourage you to go to rbtc.org. And, or maybe, maybe it's not you, but maybe you have somebody that, that you know that is basically, you know, they're a good Christian, but, but they just don't have the passion they used to. And I encourage you to go to rbtc.org, find out more about Rama, and I we would love to have you as a student in 2021. Yes. And our students, man, are fired up. I mean, you know, it, it's so exciting, you know, every day to, to teach men and women, you know, of all ages, um, you know, the gospel. And, and I'm, I, I know Tony, I mean, it just seems like our students are excited as they've ever been. As they've ever been. They're hungry, they're passionate. And to to take the time out and to be here in the middle of a quote unquote pandemic yeah. speaks to their passion. I'm telling you. And, and and like I said, we've been talking about revival is, is coming, and I believe that that one place that you can train and you can get ready for that revival is Rama Bible Training College. Yes, it is. Well, we're going to end today's broadcast like we end every broadcast. Rama is bringing hope, hope help, and, and healing, healing to, to the, the world. world.